This is Jan Swift, and you're listening to Discover Lafayette, a podcast dedicated to the people and rich culture of Lafayette, the gateway to South Louisiana. I'd like to thank our sponsors who make our podcast possible. We take our podcast with the ongoing support of Raider and Jason Sikora, our sound engineer. Raider is a hands-on IT service provider that integrates all of your needs for advanced technical support, effective communication options, and cybersecurity. Raider's motto is, you just want it to work. We understand. Please visit RaiderSolutions.com for more information. Iberia Bank and First Horizon, who are now one bank. Two relationship-driven banks, both leaders in the industry, have officially joined forces. The combination of Iberia Bank and First Horizon creates a leading financial services company dedicated to enriching the lives of their clients, associates, and their communities. I'd also like to thank Lafayette General Health, who has joined the Oshner Health family and is now Oshner Lafayette General. As one health system, Oshner Lafayette General will provide expanded services and enhanced care from the familiar faces you already trust. Oshner Lafayette General means more resources to help solve healthcare's toughest problems, reinvesting in our communities, and being further committed to health and wellness. Oshner Lafayette General. Together means more. Learn more today at togethermeansmore.org. Our guest is Joelle Frugge, owner of Acadiana Prescription Shop, an independent pharmacy that has been in business since 1969. Joelle took over in 2002 and has maintained the pharmacy's convenient toot-and-scoot drive-up service originally begun by its late founder, Philip Como. We invited Joelle to discuss how the pharmacy business has evolved to meet the changing times, and one such evolution we'll get into is the rising use of pharmacy benefit managers by insurance companies. And I'm also curious, Joelle, just to hear what it's like to be a pharmacist in the oil center where it's just bustling next door to Champagne. So I thought this would be a good time to introduce you to people and let you talk about your story and, and what you do for a well, living. Thank so. you, Jan, and, and thank you for the opportunity to be yeah. here. And, um, I've been wanting to have you on as a guest. <laughs> I just, you know, you're kind of our local pharmacist. Well, and, I, I feel privileged and, and, and uh, privileged to, to be able to work in the oil center also by uh, Mr. Como. And uh, uh, we, we have a... a a great clientele. I mean, we reach out uh, all the way to uh, Lafayette North, to some in Youngsville, and then there's there's several pharmacies everywhere. But some were used to going to see Mr. Como and mm-hmm. and, and myself uh, working at different places. Yeah. Well, tell me, um, you grew up in Eunice. I grew up in Eunice. So tell uh, us your story and how you got here. Thank you. So I was born in Eunice. My uh, father was Bernard Fruge. Um He died, but he was a pediatrician there, and my mother. Uh, is Ann, and she still lives there. And I have uh, five siblings. Uh, uh, my oldest brother is Bernie, and Andre is next. And then John lives in Eunice, Kelly, Schofield, mm-hmm. and then Patrick lives in Eunice. Um, so we're four of us here in Lafayette. Yeah. And um, we all have uh, learned to love living yeah. here in Lafayette. I, I, I did have an aunt who lived here uh, oh. also. So Right. Um, we got to know a lot of the, the people here in Lafayette since I've been here since I've been out of college. Right. Well, what led you to become a pharmacist? Well, I I, um, I remember when I was in, in, in college at LSU-E and uh, kind of saying, well, I'm going to be a doctor like my dad. And um, I, I really, at one point, I had thought about being, my first job was a delivery guy for pharmacy. Johnny LaHaye had a thrifty way in Eunice. Anyway, and so uh, I thought back about that. And then I said, oh, I'm going to, I am going to be a pharmacist. And I wanted to go and meet my friends either at UL or at LSU. Um, so I went to LSU because I was already in the system before I had to go to Monroe, which I was right. worried about going way up there. You know, I'd never, mm-hmm. I'd never been away from home yet. So. But that was the only place to study, that, right? Uh, Monroe or uh, Xavier University in oh, New okay. Orleans, which is a private college. Yeah. And, um, Northwestern probably made more sense. I mean, nor- yeah, Northeastern. Northeastern, and, and now it's uh, ULM. Yeah. There. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was it was a great college. Uh-huh. It, uh, had a great college life there. Um, I did come home to South Louisiana to 
the good thing was you could pass through Mamou on the way back and maybe stop at Fred's <laughs> if you came back oh, early yeah. in the morning. <laughs> I do some stuff like that, but it, yeah. but uh, I made a lot of friends there, a lot of connections. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, did you stay up there after college, or did you head back? Uh, no, after college, I, you you had to work uh, so many hours in your last semester, and I worked at uh, University Medical Center, and so uh, I also worked at Albertsons on Johnston. And you have to be supervised uh, before you can actually that's work correct. independently. So many hours, and uh-huh. so I think all professions should have that. You know, <laughs> it, not just pharmacy. You learn a lot. Yeah, you learn a lot after college. Actually. Right. But uh, so I was lucky to work at University Medical Center. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there was a couple other jobs that when I went to work there, they thought that. I was something that I wasn't, like a clinical pharmacist, just because I worked at University Medical Center, which you do see a lot. How how is that? You just see every type of I illness mean, you and know, chemotherapy. tragedy. You, you may you may work at a hospital and not do any of the mm-hmm. chemotherapy or, or some of that, uh, and and total parental nutrition where they have to feed them through mm-hmm. a vein. So we did a little bit of everything, and I, I learned as I went. And uh, you know, uh, yeah. we learned it in school, but. There were book manuals on how to make uh-huh. the IVs, and yeah. it was very interesting to me. And I had great pharmacists that I worked with everywhere that I've I've been. Um, so after that, I went to I wanted to work in retail. Um, the pay was a little better too, mm-hmm. but uh, I went to work finally for uh, K and B, which oh, is yeah. no where was that on Johnston? I went to work for K and B. I was a a floater, and uh-huh. so I worked a little bit in Lake Charles, which oh, not just okay, not just I didn't here. want to live in Lake Charles, right? But I finally got to come back to Lafayette, and um, I was still floating. I uh, I had a license in Texas, so I'd go into Texas sometimes, and all the way up to Longview uh, sometimes. But uh, it was interesting. I met a lot of people doing that, uh-huh. um, and then um, I went. Uh, how did I, oh, I went. I was offered a job with a management company, which was they flew me somewhere and rented me a car in a hotel room, and nobody had ever done that for me. I, yeah. That doesn't happen to pharmacists too often. Right. What did they want you to do? So they they get these contracts, these hospital contracts, and they run the hospital. They run the pharmacy. the The hospital still gets the income from the pharmacy. They just don't have to worry about the personnel or mm-hmm. the inventory. It's all through, um, it, it had a little bit of buying power. And that was in South Texas. And I was like, why do I want to live in a town the size of Eunice? It was Port Lavaca. Nobody was around the, that you really I knew no one. Knew, yeah. I knew no one. And I, I ended up befriending, you know, it's like some, uh, some families with children. They bring me over for a barbecue on Sunday. <laughs> so it was kind of odd. But, but I did get the opportunity to move to Dallas to their corporate office. Mm-hmm. They were doing home IV therapy there. And um, so that ha- that worked for a little while, but they weren't marketing it. I was kind of doing my own marketing, which I'd never done that either before some cold calling. And uh-huh. uh, then I made a call to home and I came back to work for K&B because they offered me a job in Jennings. Moved back to Eunice, okay, which was odd for I hadn't been after, there a long yeah, time with after mom and those dad. Experiences, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I had a great schedule at Jennings with with a cousin of mine, um, Alan Cassidy. So then, um, after that, I went to work for Independent Pharmacy for the first time. Was Ted Carmichael in Crowley at Carmichael's, and mm-hmm. Ted was very successful. Uh, he taught me so much because. You couldn't, he wouldn't let uh, myself or the other pharmacist, uh, Dean Bergeau, uh, get in his position, which was where you did, you filled the most prescriptions. And he took pride in that. And he worked so hard. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, here's the guy and his business was really good. But that's the same Carmichael's we have that's correct. here in Lafayette. Same yeah. in Lafayette uh-huh. and, and, and Crowley. And, but he worked so hard and it taught me so much that you know, if you own something, it's only going to work. If you, you know, he was the first one. If you walk in the door, Ted said, "Hey," you know, real loud mm-hmm. to the customer, and I said, "So." After so you that, learn though from all your experiences. I mean, your other jobs—not that you didn't take it home with you, but you could leave it at the, the office. But when you're a 
independent business owner, it's different. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And, and I treated my other jobs like that. When oh, I, went I know. To, when I went to work for Winn-Dixie, yeah. uh, they had just opened the store. And it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't uh, after Carmichael's. And so, you know, when, if a customer uh, maybe left me, but they were moving or something, it, you know, it, I valued that customer yeah, so much. Yeah, the relationship. But they would tell. But it, but anyway, um, <laughs> and finally, Mr. Como called me and to go and work with him. Uh, unfortunately, he had cancer um, and passed away three months into my tenure. Oh my goodness! So that was in two thousand two. <laughs> it was in two thousand two. Oh. So it was a quick learn. Uh, I remember him. What a kind uh, person! If you want to talk about oh, him for a minute. It was strange because when I went to talk to him. Um, we he, we had so much in common. Number one, I'm a diabetic, and he's a diabetic, I, I, you know. And then uh, he liked to drink beer, and I drank some beer. With you like him. that? Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> he uh, like he was a musician. And when I was uh, in high school, I played in a little rock and roll band, and um, you know he liked cars, and I liked mm-hmm. to look at cars, and I knew the name of every one of them. But uh, he and I had a lot. In common, I think that he he um, enjoyed um, entertaining and and you know uh, that kind of thing. But but he afforded me the opportunity, and I thanked him that that I never worked for him. We had talked on the phone a lot, but mm-hmm. um, I was sorry that he did have cancer. And he said, "No, I want this to work." You know, he, he was, wanted to keep his business. In he operation. didn't want his customers to be right. thrown to mm-hmm. uh, someone who didn't know him, like one of the big box stores or uh, yeah. those. So, and and you know, Phil, uh, when he was younger, before he he started the store in 1969, um, it was next to a grocery store, and he it was Wine Gardens. And Back he, at the same location in the in oil the oil center, center. Yeah. yeah, where Champagne where is. Champagne's is. is. And, and so he worked for Wine Garden in Houston. That's where they were from. And so they said you could put a pharmacy next door. So he said, yeah. He was working for Brown's Thrift City, mm-hmm. which is connected to a lot of people that had influence on me becoming a pharmacist. One being my uncle Paul Rosa, who had stores in Eunice, and then Ted Cormichael worked there. Uh, Mr. Mr. Begno mm-hmm. worked there. Um, Several people that I worked with had worked for Browns Thrift City, yeah. at, which became Eckerd's, uh, uh-huh. which became CBS later on. Right, right. But, uh, so, you know, being here in the oil center, my brother is an allergist. He was in the oil center for a while. And, um, it just, you know, it, uh, the oil center is just a, a fun place to be. For yeah. Me. yeah so everybody uh, worries about each other there, uh-huh. and, you know. So I'm curious, so uh, Mr. Como, Phil Como, he was also, it was an independent pharmacy like you were talking about Carmichael's but this has always been an independent pharmacy is that yeah if you yeah. can describe what does that mean like he, how, how well it, it means that it's not part of a drugstore chain or mm-hmm. or or a uh, grocery chain or anything so it's just like a standalone business it's a standalone business uh-huh. um where um I think he just rented space from that one that wine gordon person but um independent pharmacies are um, the ones that are not uh, the national brand. So when you see an item on the uh, TV, they say now available at your CVS and Walgreens. Well, they say that because there are more of those, you know, yeah. and they can cover the whole United States, I guess. But they're not going to say available at Canadian Prescription Shop. Uh-huh. However, it is available yeah. there, too. <laughs> But uh, sometimes I get my feelings hurt about that. But you know, well, <laughs> you need to call up NBC and tell them. That's right. Know? That's right. <laughs> That's but, so interesting. So you started into. I mean, you started working with Mr. Como, and then he right, quickly he, passed away. He passed away. Did and, you know you? Did you want to buy it? I mean, were you there to possibly well, take over? Yeah, he 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 had planned to do it that way. Which uh, you knew people that. who were retiring uh-huh. um, want. They they afford people opportunity. It was you know, um, so it took me five years to become the full owner, and uh, but it was five years was uh, it went by quick. Yeah. It was a lot to do, but right. Um, and I was so happy that you know the customers, my clientele, gave me a chance. Uh, they stayed to stay, and yeah, and uh, I, I got help from other friends. Whether it be at the chain pharmacy that I may have known, or people who 
used to own pharmacies here in Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I missed Northside Pharmacy. I worked for them also right before I worked for Phil. Uh-huh. Um, I was doing relief pharmacy there. But, um, but anyway, what an experience. You had so many different experiences I, I that did. kind of filled in the skills that you need. You well, I knew, I knew a lot of the computer programs also, so that yeah. was kind of important. Right. Um, I mean, most of your uh, pharmacy technicians know <clears throat> or are familiar with typing and, 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 you know, just as they're familiar with maybe the cash register mm-hmm. and the way things go. And, um, you know, the challenges are, uh, you know, inventory. And uh, Phil was really good at that. If you walk into a, my store, and I've had other pharmacists walk in to come and talk to me, it's very neat and very well stocked. Uh-huh. As a matter of fact, I've been to some chain drug stores, and they're not so much stocked as what we... And we believe that we're going to be here. We've been here since 1969, mm-hmm. and we don't plan on going anywhere. If something happens to me, then yeah. someone else will take this business Why? over and continue it. I'm curious. We're going to take a break in a minute, um, Joel. But while we're talking about Mr. Como, you know, I wanted to get in again that he he has that cute... It's toot and scoot drive-up service. So you kept... <laughs> The business pretty much the way it was, the location and the, the home style, you know, delivery of service. Was he computerized? Like it was in 2002 when you realized right. you'd be able to buy it. Was he computerized or did you have to take this to a different level? <laughs> yes, I did. You know, we had, it was a uh, DOS computer program, oh, good. which everyone yeah. <laughs> else was on a, on a Windows. And, uh-huh. um, DOS Kelly was like, you've heard of that. It's it, it was very kind of like a typewriter. You know? That's right. It was just like a typewriter, and um, it works. It's just it not worked. The, it, but but we had no fax machine. Oh, you didn't. And oh, and all the privacy laws that were, it was. Yeah. Uh, we did have music, which that was important. That was good. We, yeah. we always have jazz music. But you mean um, like a radio? Yeah. No. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so. Um, so you, I mean, it was a good pharmacy, but I was thinking this is when everybody started. Getting with computers, right, and, right. We just had to yeah. upgrade. Well, we did have to upgrade some of the uh, cash registers to with certain uh, those plans that kind of pay for your over the counter. Uh, mm-hmm. What are they called? Uh, uh, a meal plan. You can use your meal plan from work, and some of the stuff like maybe uh, Benadryl, Tylenol may go to that. Other stuff may not. You know, mm-hmm. but but um, so it was a lot to. It was it was tackle. some stuff to to but but uh, it it it's always we learn something every day mm-hmm. in the pharmacy. I tell you, it never stops. You right, know? right. Well, let's pause right now. I want to get in a short clip from a, a past interview we did with Dr. Kelly Cobb. She's a local internal medicine doctor, and she works with her patients to meet them where they are, kind of like you do, Joelle. Right. You know, you've got to get to know people to see are they really getting what they need. And anyway, Kelly treats her patients as her partners and gets to know them so they can unearth the cause of their symptoms. And I really enjoyed this interview with her because she's um, dedicated to her work sure. and to helping her patients. So you can find our interview with Kelly at discoverlafayette.net as well as Joelle's and, and many others. Let's take a listen. Do you have a, a typical patient that makes an appointment with you? You know, do you, um, I know I know a lot of women that come Absolutely. to your, your practice, but what, what's a typical I would say patient. probably my number one complaint is probably fatigue. Oh, um, you know, people come in and that—that's—that's that's what they feel. You know, mm-hmm. it can mean a lot of different things to people, but um, that's one of the biggest biggest entry points. And so we start there, and we start kind of talking about all the different. Um, things that can cause fatigue, all the things that fatigue can mean, it can be very scary um, when you don't have a, a lot of medical background and you're, you don't really know what's going on, you mm-hmm. just don't feel well. Um, my, a lot of my patients, so I'm looking at them from, you know, I'd say most of them are probably start coming in around 35, 40. That's a lot of times when the hormones start changing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just, you know, not able to um, jump back 
as fast as they can right. from an illness mm-hmm. or from a stressful event or, you know, sometimes they just have a lot more t- pulls on them just in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, so children, absolutely job, taking yeah, care of parents. And yeah. so a lot of things that you might have been able to have more time to recover from start start piling up. Um, so that's where we, you know, we start. We talk about what's going on with the the diet, what's going on, what can we do to repair the gut. We talk about hormone balancing. We talk about energy. So we talk about the influences of, of stress on the body. Stress is a big factor in terms of its impact on the gut and the hormones. There's a lot of um, infectious disease in our area that also um, can go unrecognized for a while. Um, and I think sometimes people... Um, just need to come in and start unraveling all of the uh, pieces and then we put a plan together um, that you know we work on together over time. Welcome back to Discover Lafayette. We're here with Joelle Frugier, owner of Acadiana Prescription Shop. And so we've kind of heard your story about how you ended up being a pharmacist and the experiences you've had, but it seems like the outer forces that affect a pharmacy have just got to be so great in today's world. I mean, we're still in the middle of COVID issues, but you've had to evolve quickly with federal guidelines that change, with uh, privacy laws and insurance companies that change the rules on reimbursement. It's There's several, yeah, there's, you know, right now there's there's several different things that... uh, affect us in how we do our business. Um, and, you know, I guess a challenge, one of the biggest challenges with that may be to have, um, uh, to buy right and to, um, you know, uh, be able to afford what the insurance companies decide they're that gonna they're going to pay, pay us. That's right. Uh-huh. And so, you know, that started uh, with Medicare Port D, um, which Medicare used to not pay for, uh, medicines, unless you were in the hospital, or uh-huh. unless you were an organ transplant, they had certain drugs they paid for. So, if you were a diabetic or you needed cholesterol yeah. drugs, it wasn't covered no, it by was, Medicare. That's right. So and people would buy a that's right secondary policy if they could. That's right. And some people may be on two medicines for their diabetes, uh, several or two to three, and they may not have gotten. They may not have wanted to purchase, but one. I said, why do I need two? Or, or for that matter, it could be for blood pressure, too. Mm-hmm. So Medicare Port D did put people going back to the pharmacy to buy all of their medicine uh, at a, a discounted rate. Um, mm-hmm. And um, So that was in 2006, and you had just that, became the proprietor that's right. a few years before. That's right. So, so it, it made me look a like change. I did something good because we, we got more business in there. Uh-huh. But really, it was the government kind of... I mean, we did get more business too, but but um, the Medicare it it made the prices lower. They had a copay, so their copay was uh, you know could be two, could be zero, could be two dollars, could be fifteen, could be fifty, if it was something really expensive. Um, and so um, they were buying those medicines uh, out of pocket. Or maybe they may have had a supplement to their Medicare yeah. policy mm-hmm. that sometimes paid for drugs, but not not that often, would they? Mm-hmm. So and now they have um, several things that uh, other uh, items out there like a good RX is a card, for instance. And is that legitimate? What's that? You're saying good RX. Good RX. I've seen those little cards. Are they are right. they legitimate? Does they it work? Are, they are. And what they do is they go out and they survey the prices of medicines and what people charge and take an average. I don't know how they, they get that information. But so if you use their card and we run it through our computer system, it'll come up and it'll tell the patient, well, you owe $15. And... The pharmacy may be charging, you know, sometimes it's $20 or 20 So the problem is for pharmacists with that card or yeah. with, with several of those cards. You have to follow that? that you have to follow it because if you honor it, but GoodRx charges the pharmacy $8 to run the card. Every time? Every time. That's so, where they make their money? That's right. And so we, we don't mind oh. doing it. 
uh, some some of those cards charge the patient up front. So when they come, we run the card like a credit card, uh-huh. you know, and it's zero because they've already paid the credit card company. So they just they. You know they're they're making money. I wondered and, how that worked. It, I don't. Know so you don't it. have to accept good RX, but if you do, that's right. And somebody comes in, you're having to pay eight dollars to the, the good RX people, even if the prescription drug is only four dollars. Well, are you covered? Sometimes that does happen. If you don't watch it, they'll tell you what they're going to charge you. Uh-huh. But many times we will see what good RX told them that they would pay. Right. You know, if they say you're going to pay you know, $15, well, we'll charge them $14 and don't run it through their card. We, we, save, we save $8 or we save the customer money. We save, mm-hmm. save them a dollar and we save us money. So uh, if we can afford to do right. that, we will do that. I'm um, always amazed when I come in, like if it's something new we're trying. You know, you guys can run things through your system so fast. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's we're oh, with it's Blue Cross quick. Blue Shields. So I guess you have all these... Do, do pharmacists have software that has well, access to all these different insurers and right. how, yeah, how you're going to get We can reimbursed. actually look up a patient by their social security number. We have we, we subscribe to something. and mm-hmm. uh, We can look up a doctor that's not in our system, uh, get his uh, DEA number and his uh, insurance number that says that he's legitimate with uh-huh. the insurance. And so uh, for the patients, uh, it's quick at the pharmacy, and we're not really supposed to— in 1990, there was a law that came out. It's called OBRA 90, mm-hmm. and it said that the pharmacy had to, um, the pharmacist had to counsel the patient for like 30 seconds. Oh no, I think it was something like two or three minutes per prescription. And so, I mean, it doesn't really take that long to tell them what it's used for, and maybe some of the side effects if they'd like to know. Which we give them a sheet uh-huh. anyway the first time they get it. So we can't advertise that you walk in with two prescriptions or ten prescriptions and you walk out the door in two, two to three minutes. Most independent pharmacies, you can do that. Wow. And uh, I know that there was one of the big box pharmacies. I'm not going to mention a name, but they advertised that, and that just wasn't. Right. That's just, I don't know. <laughs> That's not what I think was happening over there. You've always got a crowd, though. There's one thing I wanted to mention for anybody that shops in the oil center at Champagne's and goes to your prescription shop, sure. I mean, it's always bustling with people. Oh, it's thanks. kind of like a yeah. cocktail hour. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like if you're checking out at Champagne's or you're going to Joel's, there's always somebody, at least for me, I always well, know people. We end up getting in pretty deep conversations, you know? <laughs> well, I think that says a lot. But not for long, two for, to three minutes. Well, yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> We're not waiting that long. That's not what I mean, but. <laughs> it says a lot for my staff. My staff enjoys what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that way. When they get there in the morning, uh, it's not like another day at the office. It's more like, what's this going to bring? What can I do? They love the people. I mean, uh, you know, I have girls in there, and when they see the car sometimes, they're like, oh, this is, you know, who it is walking up. This is Jan. Get Jan's uh-huh. prescription ready, you know. Yeah, whatever. so they do. They remember us. Like, they remember yeah. everyone, and, and, and when, when they walk in the door, they'll say three ninety five or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they're like, what? But we can we can run them through the, the computer pretty pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we do have a crowd there, and I think that that says but a lot. But it's a nice sure. crowd, you know. That's right. And everybody's respectful. and stand back and let, you know. I enjoy shopping at Champagne's also. Yeah, so. <laughs> I know. So not only do you have the toot and scoot, but I didn't realize you delivered right. within five miles, right? I mean, right. I was doing the research, Kelly, and I thought, gosh, not that it's that far of a drive. Right. But I didn't realize that you guys would well, deliver. We, um, Are you still doing that with COVID? Yes, we're doing it more yeah. you know, with COVID. Uh-huh. Um, and we have our toot and scoot drive-up service where we go out and get the prescription, fill it, and we can bring it right back. People toot the horn, oh, really. They do. They do. <laughs> Sometimes we get a big fog horn, you know. <laughs> it's kind of funny. We laugh. But, but uh, yeah. And, and the delivery, we did not. And Mr. Como did not want to deliver it. I understood. It was a business model. And also, you know, Begnose was next to us uh, across the street. Uh, and... Uh, they delivered. And I, when I got in there, I said, well, if Mr. Como didn't do it, then I'll just let mm-hmm. that's Begno's niche, and I'm, niche, and I'm not going to do yeah. that. And so They were right down the street. Right. Yeah. And so uh, when we bought Begno's prescription file, those people wanted to be delivered to. 
Ah, uh, and, and that so, was probably a big book of business. Oh, huh? it, it was it was it was Triple bigger B's. than I thought. Yeah, and so, but they came on Labor Day, which is the busiest uh, the day after Labor Day, the busiest day in any pharmacy because we're we're closed like three days a lot of times, which is a Monday is usually busier, and so we had no plan really on how we're going to do this, and and we got uh, Mr. John who's been doing it for. Uh, 25, 30 years, uh-huh. and, and uh, oh, he just taught us how to do it. So you learn something every day. You never know who you're going to learn from. Right, you know? right. And so uh, we do deliver mostly to uh, hospice patients and mm-hmm. some nursing home patients and um, some of our elderly patients. It's a nice service. Who need it. Yeah. yeah. It, it makes us feel good to, yeah. to be able to do that. But your staff does, when we walk in, they do seem to remember us. Oh, I'm glad, yeah. But you've got how many pharmacists are with you? We have um, hmm, we have five pharmacists on uh-huh. staff, um, but they work at different times. Usually, we we have two uh, pharmacists. Well, sometimes three. We do compounding also. So you do compounding of like the hormonal, uh, like uh, things, hormone replacement uh, therapy, which is really a great thing. I, mm-hmm. I I can't speak enough about that. But is that a new service like the last few years? Yes. In yeah. last and and uh and I was doing it to be to start. I knew how to make it, you know, from pharmacy school and I went to another school, show how I many how to do it efficiently. Mm-hmm. And so I was doing it, but I just wasn't sure of all the reason. So I went to this other continuing education class and really this guy really knew his stuff, and and uh, particularly for women, well, for men too, but yeah, but women, yeah, women with you know uh, not being able to sleep, having hot flashes, and mm-hmm. hair falling out, you know, it's just terrible. Yeah, and I think that they should speak to their healthcare provider about you know mm-hmm. what could uh, be causing this. That's yeah. right, and yeah. it's a very simple test. I think it's a saliva test, and then mm-hmm. they can kind of we can make medicines to be. Exactly, because every person's different. Did you I mean, learn that when you were in school, though, in pharmacy school? We, we did they did. do compounding? We did. We did. We learned some compounding, but if you're not doing it, yeah, then you just kind of don't worry about it too yeah. much. You know, when I was working for K and B, we didn't do that. We sold no. we sold beer and liquor, but we did not do compounding. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I didn't realize y'all did that. So many women. You know, it's kind of a right. rite of passage, getting all the... And children. Well, you know, there's yeah. children, too. We make... Well, lo- what, what kind of medicines would We make take? some lollipops. Yeah, it, that's usually for, like, a tonsillectomy surgery to deaden oh, really? the throat. And, you make um, lollipops that have the... Um, the little lollipop, yeah. Like it deadens the, right. the pain. And then, of course, like, diaper rash creams. You do we've, all that? We've been making that for a long time. Like I mean, Boudreaux's... All um, pharmacies. Boudreaux's paste. Yeah, the Boudreaux's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, there's an interesting story about him too. But, oh yeah, uh, is he local? Like from here? Yeah, he he was a pharmacist, um, or may st- still be uh-huh. a pharmacist. We're familiar with that product. And, yes. <laughs> and he um, from years ago. He learned it in pharmacy school. He did. We all learned it, and he just patented it. And so, what is good, it good though? Is it like a zinc oxide? What, what is it, it, is. it that, that makes mainly it mainly zinc oxide? For people it, that don't know, it's a very effective. Rash, diaper rash, diaper um, rash, and uh, maybe for ointment. bikers. You could use it for bikers, and we use it in nursing homes somewhat. And Kelly used source. it to paint the walls when she was little. I yeah. went in her room one day. And it doesn't come off easy. It did. It did not. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like zinc, zinc oxide, uh-huh. and uh, some stuff called Peruvian balsam, and all the stuff in it pushes water away. Oh, okay. So it, it, it kind of dries up the area. So mm-hmm. it works wonders, you know. Yeah. It did but a it number was, on the sheetrock too. So it was named for a doctor. <laughs> Doctor Talbot was a pediatrician in Monroe. Uh-huh. So everybody in pharmacy school learned this Doctor Talbot's formula, and yeah. uh, so that's how. But, yeah. but, but uh, Boudreaux, uh, uh, George Boudreaux, um, I think he's from Hammond, and uh, I met him a couple times. Mm-hmm. He nice, probably did well. Huh? In he's life, done well. Yeah. You know, he was. Give, do it, use it for the Saints and oh. uh, all the football players and basketball players and. You know, right. anyways. Right. Do you think you want to ever have more locations? Um, yeah, well, you know, Phil had... Weren't there two that Phil had? He had uh, the one in the oil center, and he had one by Lo- when Lourdes was over in St. Landry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spokey Montgomery ran that one and bought that one. 
And uh, then Phil also had one in women's and children's, but that was the oil bust, and he had yeah. to close it. He also had one in Brobridge, which he sold to uh, Mr. Sonny uh, Oye, whose son now has a pharmacy there, too. Um, so do you see yourself maybe doing that, you know, expanding? We Yeah, well, we, we did it. Uh, we had one over by the New Lords for a little while, and uh, I don't know, it was... It, it was uh, kind of a strange shopping center, and uh, I, I know a friend was coming to meet to, to have lunch with me or something, and, and he couldn't get in there, and he ended up going through the ditch to get there. So oh, it's kind of and location is the so location, important, huh? It, it is, and, but I thought maybe on Ambassador Caffrey would be a good idea, but uh-huh. uh, and it, it, it probably you know well I know that, that uh, someone opened right next to yeah. Lords, and that's working pretty good for him. So. Right, but location and convenience is so important. Yeah, that's right. And where you are, it's just kind of uh, yeah, easy I mean, in and out, you know. I mean, being next to the grocery stores, I mean. Acadian Prescription Shop's been there for since 69 and uh-huh. seen six grocery stores there. Well, I remember Piggly Wiggly. And Piggly Wiggly. Yeah, when I moved here, and then we had Safeway before Piggly Safeway Wiggly. Safeway was there, and then and before that was Wine Gardens. Wine Gardens and yeah. There was Something another one. else. There was another. Brookshire's maybe was in there for a little while. Was A&P ever there? I don't know. I don't remember. I think there was something across the street yeah. like that. But now it's like superb. Right. I well, want Champagne's to be there forever. Is, you know, it, I think the other ones were doing well but mm-hmm. now it's you know mr champagne redid that store we, oh, we it's watched a luxury experience just going That's to get right. fruit you know right. <laughs> you walk in yeah, there's it's flowers happy, and, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what's the um you obviously enjoy what you do what, do what's the best part about the services you you know you give people well you know you, you get people that come in and they say thank you when they leave, and, and I mean, you know, you, you, you're trying to help them, and it's it, it, the medicine costs money, so we have to charge them. But it's almost like, you know, I, I just enjoy being in the front and 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 being with the people, and uh, you know, we see all kinds of diseases, all kinds of you know, there's specialties in, in uh, for physicians and nurses. But we get them all, yeah, uh, including COVID, which, uh, you know, we are going to be mandated, I heard, tomorrow for yeah. the um, COVID by the state. But you've always had people wear the mask. We, we, we wear your, the mask yeah. always, and we ask, you know, our customers to wear them, mm-hmm. particularly if they have COVID. And sometimes, but we should have thought yeah. of that a long time ago because people were coming in with the flu. Mm-hmm. And they were coughing on my poor cashiers, and they were and sick. on the merchandise, you know. <laughs> That's right. For the next week, but but uh, so you know, we have now we we um, have ways of we we have a, a guy who comes in at night and and sanitizes our oh, okay. store and yeah um, and and our girls do it too during the day. But have they been worried? Um, Joel, you know, like. Well, it's it's odd sometimes because because they are the front line, just like right. nurses and, and others. I think I'm I'm pretty sure that everyone who's come in with COVID, having COVID, we don't want them to come. We have a sign on the door. We want them to come to our pharmacy. We have a sign on the door. We will come just out. Toot you the can horn. use our toot and scoot. <laughs> we'll deliver. So they and you'll throw it from the door. Huh? <laughs> and sometimes they they're, they're walking in and we see the medicine. We know what it's for. I mean we. Mm-hmm. We can kind of suspect what it's for at this time, and so um, anyway, we yeah, can, that's tough, huh? Most of them are pretty. Mm-hmm. One one lady drove up and said, "Okay, I'm going to put the prescription on the concrete," and we like it could blow away, I guess. But she said, "Yes, yeah, sure, that's fine. We'll do it." You know, <laughs> what do people come in? Like, what would they take? Are they on steroids or antibiotics? Yeah, they give them steroid, steroid, antibiotic, cough medicine, uh-huh. uh, kind of treat the symptoms. Uh, Stuff to open their lungs and help them breathe. So the steroids help with that. Um, that helps inflammation. them breathe. Yeah, the inflammation uh-huh. there too. We've been so lucky in our family. Um, I just don't really know much. I was keeping up with things at the beginning of the shutdown, right. and then things evolve so rapidly. You know, it seems like every time people kind of know what to expect, there's an evolution of this is the best way to address these symptoms. You know, I guess you've seen that, too, Correct. from March 2020 to today in August 2021. Well, you know, it's, 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 you know, 
thank thank God we have smart people who made a vaccine. First of all, and do you give out are, vaccines? We, we we don't give the okay. vaccine, but most independent pharmacies do. Um, I'm a bit squeamish, and our pharmacy is a, a little bit small for mm-hmm. um, doing that. We don't have a place for a designated area. However, um, the vaccine is uh, there for a reason, and, and it does have some side effects. People are scared. It's not FDA approved, um, but it is proven in the numbers to be effective. And so, um, you know, the the main stay of the disease, I mean, I don't know what I've read and what I know is that um, if we don't get ahead of the disease, it's going to keep forming different strands, just like the flu does. Right. But quickly, it seems but like it's, it's, evol- it's uh, mutating this quickly. One, this one's mutated. Uh, it's quicker than the flu. Mm-hmm. And so if we had the original, if we had originally uh, all done it, I'm not saying that it would, you know, I can't predict and I can't say, but it wouldn't have had a chance to If we'd all evolve. been vaccinated, you That's mean? That's right. Because we really could have been by this point. And we can still do it. I mean, mm-hmm. of course we can still do it. Uh, uh, you know, with the swine flu incident and uh, mm-hmm. SARS, and um, so it is a SARS virus. But but, yeah. and now I hear they're coming out with another vaccine um, that may include some of the the strands that they think are going to uh-huh. happen. So, as a pharmacist, does that concern you that we've been taking vaccines that have not been FDA approved, or is it just a timing thing for them to? get the paperwork together no as a matter of fact um you know the people who make any medicine it takes 17 sometimes 10 to 12 17 years well there's a patent is 17 years on yeah. medicine sometimes it's 12 years before it can be on the u.s market it's been available in and that's Europe what people or, are used to yeah but did you see other countries taking right. advantage of it and yeah. so uh some people have gone places for not necessarily uh, uh, to get um, vaccinated, mm-hmm. but just for treatment right. for cancers and stuff. So mm-hmm. I just think the, when we were younger, people just would line up to get these vaccines. Like, remember, you know, polio sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. smallpox. And, like, we we just trusted more, it seems. I think so. You I know? think you're right. And for me, I just, I didn't really worry about the FDA approval. I probably should have if I was a little bit smarter, but... It just seemed like there was just no reason for me not to get this vaccine right. to um, protect myself and others as much as I can. Well, I know? think when they're making it, you know, as much as it is to, of course, be something beneficial, mm-hmm. it doesn't want to, they don't want to harm anyone. They're very no. careful about that because yeah. one, my brother-in-law brought it up. He said, man, what if, you know, after this, you know, Five everybody, years everybody gets now, sick grow or, a third. you know, yeah, some people say they have to grow an, <laughs> yeah, an extra ear or something, uh-huh. but, you know, that's really uh, kind of far-fetched mm-hmm. but um the disease is it's, it's unfortunate and yeah. you know I, I find that i've lost somebody close to my family in my family and and uh they were it was my father-in-law and he was older uh he was healthy he also was. cut my grass which, oh no! You know, I have a lawn man now. Oh, I mean, gosh. I, but he was because I tried to shape. do it myself and I, I butchered it. But yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he was very uh, healthy and active. Uh, he even worked at the pharmacy before COVID. And um, anyway, I, I think that when, when when it happens closer to home, people pay a lot more I attention think you're to right. it. I, I, it's unfortunate mm-hmm. because um, it becomes real it when be- you've already suffered a loss. That's right. Yeah. So, well, I, you know, before we wind down, I wanted to get your thoughts on something we mentioned early, earlier, these pharmacy benefit managers. For people that may not know what that is, it, it seems like that's been a, a pretty big change in sure. reimbursements. And I, it's, it's kind of more of a technical issue, but once I heard about it, I thought there's so many forces behind the scenes, right, that affect... That's what right. we pay out of pocket. Right. And so the pharmacy benefit managers work for the insurance companies. Uh, they're employed by, you might say, Express Scripts, uh, Caremark is one. Um, and so 
Their original plan was to try to save the government money, the insurance company's money, the, maybe it's the oil company that has this insurance. And so make sure that they're using the best alternative or uh, generic or, the, you know, what, what they might be able to save money. Well, they started doing that, but they also started getting into the pharmacy business, uh, mail-order pharmacy, and also uh, how much they were going to pay pharmacies. Um, there's been quite a bit of legislation about it. Um, there's now a part in the Louisiana Board of Pharmacy Law book about PBMs. Um, you know, it's not really very transparent. Uh, their practices aren't, and they don't have to be because there's no one really governing what they do. Um, their best customer is, to me, the federal government, uh, you know, in Medicare. And so if no one's telling them what to do, they're charging the government whatever they want to do, or, or if they're getting a rebate from the drug company, sometimes that happens. They don't pass that savings on to the consumer, nor... To the government. Does it stay with the insurance company? It stays with the insurance companies or the PBM may have their own company working for the insurance. The pharmacy benefit manager company. Yes. So they would maintain that. That's right. That cash. Yeah. That's correct. Okay. And so, you know, we've been trying There's to bring so that to There's so many layers, though, of That's right. getting drugs from manufacturer to the actual consumer. I have to say our, our legislators, uh, you know, last... Oh, summer before last um, was the first time, what was last summer, that I went with the pharmacists. They all, we all showed up in our white jackets. It was not all, but mostly independent, some chain pharmacies, some hospital uh-huh. pharmacists, in their white lap jackets, went to the Capitol to hear, um, and, you know, the insurance companies and the PBMs hired the best and the biggest law firm from New Orleans, uh, you know, I was sort of sarcastic when I told the lobby said, I wanna, there. there um, yeah, I want to tell you, uh, congratulations on hiring the best that I've heard in the state. You know, so, and we were, you know, we didn't have an attorney. We we have uh, Louisiana uh, Independent Pharmacists Association, mm-hmm. which is also Louisiana Pharmacists Association. It's a branch of it, and we do have a, a, a guy who is not a pharmacist, but boy, he knows what he's doing, and he. Uh, Speaks for yeah, pharmacies. Yeah, the lobbyists. So the, um, there was legislation to address These, what pharmacy benefit managers can do in Louisiana? Yes, and, and what they're doing. And um, they were saying that you couldn't go where you wanted to go. You oh. had to go. If you look Like at, if you're with a certain insurer, you have to correct. go who they, like let's say it's CVS or something. That's right. They actually, you know, one of the insurance companies is Caremark. But it's CVS Caremark. So uh-huh. CVS bought Caremark or Caremark bought CVS. I can't remember which one. On their card, it says CVS. You can still go to Acadia in a prescription shop or, or any independent pharmacy. Mm-hmm. But they have it on the card, CVS. So it's that's a chance that yeah. you know they're tricking them that uh-huh. you have to go here. I mean, I might. I, I can see where I might say right. uh, to my family, yeah, you need to go to CVS. You know, well, there's a lot of CVSs, you know, but... Uh, Anyway, you know, it was kind of a, they weren't supposed, they're not supposed to put that on their core. They still have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no one to govern it. And, right. and um, they would write letters to, and now they're, they, to their customers. And now they're also trying to make the copay higher at independent. I mean, if the, if the, the if it was a level playing field, where would you go? You can go to the, the pharmacy and have it delivered to your door. You can do it mail order and have mm-hmm. it delivered to your door, but it's going to take a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Who's trying to get rid of independent? Call a Katie in a prescription shop that day. And it's right, like, and get it delivered. Who is trying to get rid of the independent pharmacist? You're talking about the large insurer? Well, like, who's trying to... Well, they would... Yeah, in an effort to get more business, I think. Mm-hmm. And which Crowd you out. So, yeah, like, you're talking right. about CVS and, and that's those correct. partnering with these big... And they're also doing it by... PBMs. By their, their reimbursement. Uh, there's no... It's not transparent what they're reimbursing, the chain as opposed to the 
independent pharmacy. And you don't have access to that information any, at all, huh? No access. Yeah. And we give it we we give it to the legislators. We we tell them, mm-hmm. look, this is a, you know, let's just say it's a seventeen hundred dollar medicine, and they're paying us sixteen hundred and fifty dollars. Why is that? You know, I mean, if you can buy it for sixteen hundred and fifty dollars somewhere or below, mm-hmm. maybe they could tell us where to buy it. But yeah. they won't tell us that either. So I know this was an issue for Trump when he was president. He really wanted to see people be able to get access to their meds. And I didn't, both my parents were diabetic. But back, they died, gosh, Dad died in 97 and Mom in 2002. Uh-huh. Um Insulin was very inexpensive. It was very like twenty bucks at the most. Yeah, I don't I'm a diabetic, paying. so I know. Yeah, because I um I would go get all their meds for them, but now I mean I had no idea how much cost had just skyrocketed yeah. for people I that are the most vulnerable. I think a insulin may be four hundred dollars. And that is how long? Like a month? Is that how long? How much is that? Well, it's per vial. I mean, some people may. I don't know how much people. They may take more if they're on a pump. I'm on a pump. Oh God! And, you know so. And that's just one medication. That's correct. Yeah, they probably have others that. But they're, they're, you know, most people are not paying that. They have insurance. Thank goodness, they mm-hmm. pay for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Medicare Part D, they pay for that. Um, which, you know, I think that it was uh, Bill Clinton that put that into place. So good for him. And 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 you know, Pre- President Trump was worried about. Yeah, the price of, of medicine. You know, the, the, the whole idea behind it and possibly the gouging of insurance companies um, made the medicine go up because who cares if it's $300 if you're paying $30, $30 or yeah. $10? Mm-hmm. They don't know. I mean, I think that um, if that were governed somehow better, um, the price of medications would not mm-hmm. be that high. You know, this is triggering a memory for me from a couple of years ago. It was also about what a pharmacist can do to counsel their uh, clients or customers on the best price. If you should use your insurance card or sure. pay, you know, didn't you say? Didn't it's they happened. used to be where you weren't supposed to give us advice about what to do? But then the That's law correct. was modified. Oh, they did. That, that, was, that was last. And that was um, during Trump. Also, that was last uh, uh, last summer, mm-hmm. so about a year ago. They they uh, in in the legislature that it was about that. We could not. You couldn't counsel me like Jan. Well, this is not the best. If that's it, right. Yeah. I could not if we had a contract with the insurance, and you were supposed to pay a hundred dollars, or you were supposed to pay three hundred dollars because you had metric deductible, and really the medicine might have cost us not near that. That's what they were charging the government or, or whoever, if you had Medicare. We could say, well, you know, our cash price would be, I don't know, $75 yeah, or something I'd like that. Just pay. So we could not say that. And we could not offer that. Um, you would get or it in was, trouble. Like well, you we would, would lose our contract with, you know, and it could be like the school board. Uh-huh. You know, it could be Blue Cross with the school board right. or, or something like that. And so, and then, you know, it's really gotten out of hand uh, you know uh, I remember we had the uh, Lafayette Area Pharmacists Association we don't have that anymore mm-hmm. but uh, it was mostly independents they had some hospital guys in there too and myself uh, uh, Cherie Cherie Kelly she I know Cherie yeah Thrifty Way and Karen Thrift, Crow Thrifty Way and Karen yeah. Crow and she was the head after me uh, the, the president of the uh, Lafayette Area Pharmacists we went to the school board because the insurance company some PBMs, but before they got their name, wanted people to, well, when you, if you wanted 90-day supply, um, you had to go through the mail. And you paid one copay, which is like $10. But if you went to the ph- independent pharmacy, you paid three copays, which is $30. And we wondered how, how they could do that, um, <laughs> you know. And then they, they went up to two. To put it mildly. Huh? Well, yeah. yeah, and then they went up to two copays. So I said, well, after they get rid of us, then they'll go up three copays. Well, you know, but the other thing was, if you go to the doctor and you get a prescription for some blood pressure medicine that's $100, you get three months' supply through your mail order. And the next week, you find out that that, you can't take that. Your blood pressure is getting too low. Well, what happens to that 90-day supply of medicine? waste, yeah. And the school board's paying that. We tried to go tell them those kind of things, but... 
I don't know, it was getting too in-depth, I mm-hmm. think, for some people, and they didn't want to know about it. So that's why we have to go to our legislature, the legislature, yeah. try to make them understand, you know, that we could save them money, and I don't know, you know. It's been important for you to keep up. It'd be great. It sounds if, like, It'd though. be great if we had a person that, you know, yeah. could cover all those, you know, say it's fair, make mm-hmm. it fair. And, and um, Do you have to take continuing education classes every year? Do they teach you these things? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's not really about the pharmacy so much as the, all the, the rules. That's huh? right, the rules. And, and yeah, <laughs> I went to one, and that's how the thing started about the PBMs. And, and he found out in New York he could, he could save this company, like, many millions of dollars um, because of, they had the— this one company had the firemen and the policemen and all the state workers and or city workers. They could save them so much money that that insurance company did not even put a bid in the next year because they didn't. They were embarrassed uh-huh. by what they were charging. So I was thinking they might be after that guy yeah, <laughs> after he said yeah. that. You know, like when he's on his plane. But it's just so bold but, because honestly, your prescription drugs. It's, it's for all of us, but our most vulnerable typically don't have all the cash, right. you know, to That's cover these, these spiraling costs. So but thank goodness, you know, that, you know, we still does, have, we yeah. still have so many entities out there that, that help people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and uh, yeah. it may have to be compounded. Right. You know, we compound for dogs. We have... You know, I'm, not, I'm like glad it. you brought that up. You met Katie. She's quiet <laughs> right now, but you probably thought she needs a little compounded uh, Valium. Huh? Maybe something like that. Yeah. But no, Katie, she's she's, she's quiet right now. So, <laughs> but yeah, we we uh, we have compounded some stuff. Uh, For and, dogs. And there, there's compounding standards here that we're doing it before. You know, I have to give it to uh, Eric Vidrine when he started yeah. that with you know not knowing. I worked for his dad also. Mm-hmm. but What's he, professional arts? He's professional arts, but he yeah. started in Northside Pharmacy. He had mm-hmm. a little tiny booth in there, you know. And he was making this stuff. And, and you know, even myself, I was wondering, you know, is this going to take off? And oh, boy, did it. So what a chance he was taking. And, uh-huh. But, I mean, you Didn't know. Doesn't he ship nationally? I mean, he's, oh, he's, he's big time. He's, 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 you know. The, That's Shannon's dad. I love going yeah. watch. Yeah. And so, you know, he... Making stuff for individualized medicine. Yeah, you know they were making the kids uh, their learning disability medicine and putting it in a, a, a soft chew and uh-huh. um, that that's just simple probably for him, but you know they're making stuff for horses and mm-hmm. dogs and you know so. So you'll do for vet, vets can call in a prescription. And- they, yeah, they 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 have uh, you know and some of it is. Some dosage forms are not, um, you know, the ones that are in appeal form, uh, people may have nausea. So they make that nausea medicine, instead of taking it by mouth and throwing it back up, mm-hmm. then they'll put it on their skin. And like a go, cream. It's a penetrating yeah. thing, uh-huh. and, uh, which that stuff's kind of unavailable right now because, I, I don't know if it's because of COVID or what's going on, but that that's the idea. Yeah. And, and also the, the, the hormone thing, I mean, that was a... A uh, huge thing for for women. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the hormone medicines may or may not have caused cancer. And Do you think so, even those bioidentical can trigger cancer, or is that the, no, not now? Not the bioidentical. Now they're, they're now they're putting them topically. So yeah, it was our bodies. It was mm-hmm. the women's bodies turning it into an, a different metabolite oh. that was causing cancer. Mm-hmm. And now, at one time, they said those ones that you took my mouth. Uh, prevented cancer because the drugs that were good did, but the ones that it turned into made can uh, caused cancer. Now, topically, you don't have that first pass effect in your stomach, and guess what? There's a chance that it could prevent cancer. Don't quote me on that, hmm. but yeah, again, you know, there's something that you know. I think this is like a woman thing, Joelle, because most of the women I know have done all that stuff, you know. Right. But then guys are like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's correct. Yeah. So that. anything that I didn't bring up that you wanted to say? Is there anything you thought I'd be asking? Well, you know, I, when I think back on the pharmacists that I knew and the pharmacists that I've met through my tenure in, here, in here in Lafayette and all over, you know, I just feel like, you know, these guys... 
you don't need an, appoint, uh, an appointment to see this healthcare professional. Mm-hmm. It's the only one. You have to, you, for some reason, you have to be in a hospital to see a nurse. You have to make an appointment. I mean, you have your quick care places that you can go, mm-hmm. uh, walk in. You may have to wait, but but you have you can talk to a pharmacist, get some advice. Um, we may not know. We may have Compedia that we look it up too, uh, or uh, we may send you somewhere where you can get advice. Um, but these guys that I've known in my past, and this is maybe one reason that I wanted to do it, did a lot for the public, and and, and I enjoy that facet of of our what we do. Mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, you know, it's an honest living, I think, you know, and, and uh, but... That's uh, a good thing. That's true, though. You can just walk in and wait a minute and just get some good advice. That's correct. You know. And we may not, we may say, you know what, you don't need anything. What you need to do is yeah. go home and drink, you know, uh, uh, some Gatorade or... Get some rest. Something, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Um, yeah. It's enjoyable, I tell yeah. you. Yeah. Well, thank you for everything you've done for our family. Thank and you for having me. For anybody that hasn't been to your <laughs> shop at Katie and a Prescription Shop, what is it, 454 um, Hyman Boulevard? That's right, correct. yeah. Right yeah. in the oil center close to South College and next door to Champagne. Right. But it's it's a hop in place. So. It's, it's pretty busy. We've got the hospital and some doctors yeah, around us. So. Right. I want yeah. to um, thank you for being here, Joel. Oh, well, thank and, you. And also, I'd like to thank our listeners. We appreciate your loyalty, and please tell your friends about it. If you haven't subscribed, we'd appreciate you subscribing to Discover Lafayette. And lastly, our sponsors. I want to thank, first of all, Iberi Bank, now a part of First Horizon, Oshner Lafayette General, and of course, Raider and Jason Sikora, who mixes our tape. Thank you for your loyalty to keeping Discover Lafayette going. On behalf of the show, I'm Jan Swift. Thank you.